function of the TOE Network. This is Laser Knees number 77, Armed and Dangerous. I'm Aleph. And I'm Sono, and this is Thief Sentai Lupin Ranger versus Police Sentai Pot Ranger, episode 35, The Good, The Bad, and The Normal, and 36, Shoot the Bomb. Our writer for 35 was Komura Junko and was Kaneko Kaori for episode 36. Our director for both was Sugihara Teruaki. I just want to throw out that um, shoot the bomb. That's a, like, I know that's what happened in the show, but that is not a great title. No. Also, just a bad course of action. Yeah, not generally good advice. Yeah, that tends to make the bomb bomb a bunch, which... Most of the time, if you're in a place where there's a bomb, you don't want it to bomb. Yeah, if you're within shooting range of the bomb, you don't want the bomb to be bombing. Yeah, you, you honestly want to get away. But anyway, sort of to get into our, our major thoughts on the episode, because otherwise I'm just going to have a bunch of laughs about just saying bomb a bunch, because sometimes that's fun. But uh, as, as sort of the, the overview here, I, I just want to say that I'm very tempted to talk, to use these episodes to talk about, like, in how in 35 we explore the gestalt nature of the self, and how it does an interesting job commenting on a wrinkle we got about Kairi in the previous episode of Laser Knees, uh, e.g. for which we all might have this these nice and nasty versions of ourselves the person, the whole self is more than just like a 50-50 mix of their best and worst instincts. Or we could talk about how it further strengthens Noel's discussion of the importance of choice if one wants to be a moral actor, and how 36 arguably strengthens this by creating a villain with a jinxing power, as well as creating a literal bomb that could well go off if people do not exercise better control over the way they interact with the world and the people around them. Especially since the world is basically there to kind of just make everyone mad, because it, it just, it does. And I want to go on in depth about those things, but I just, I didn't really have more to say than, than just the, the headlines there. So I just mostly want to kind of sit back and be impressed that the cynical purpose of these episodes is clearly to just let us know that the new toy is like so hella cool, y'all. He's, he's a giant robot gun who is clever and fast and such a good boy, but not, you know, like, cloyingly good, like Good Striker, who, by the way, is the best boy, but we have to appeal to some teenagers here. He's a cool good, and he's a gun, and he's only there because you, personally, are the coolest. And yet they sort of, they take that very mercenary concern and use it to build actually a couple really nice bits of drama for our heroes. I mean, like, look, I know that every episode is basically a toy commercial, and that it isn't that interesting a thing to observe, but perhaps in light of some of the Stranger decisions uh, back in Q-Ranger, when the introduction of a new toy and some elaborations on its powers was just kind of, um terrible when it happened. I think terrible. I feel like just awful is a pretty fair description, except for when uh, Naga was like, got his power up. That they then just didn't keep using. Yeah, like it... That he used maybe like one other time. Yeah, it was a real shame. Especially since like, I we, we talked about it, they should have brought it back. 
everyone gets a power-up based on their home planet, that would have been sick. Yeah. That would have been amazing. Also would have taken up most of the show because there were 12 of them. <laughs> anyway, but where Q-Ranger has some trouble in that arena, this one instead just put the the introduce the new toy as kind of an offhand thing that they did at the end of just some really nice stories about people learning to believe in themselves and talking about how trying to be your about how hard it is to try and be your best self when you are confronted by the fact that you are not your best self. It's, I mean, it's a thing many Sentai do, but I just noticed it really extra hard this time because I kept just thinking back to how much, like, OMG, you're so cool, Lupin Magnum, there was, when it felt so vestigial to the plot, like, it didn't need to be there. Not at all. But it was there, and it was fine, and it didn't overtake everything, and it made me happy. I'll, I'll say it before, and I will say it again. Uh, Kimura Junko might not be necessarily batting a thousand with this show, but after Lupat wraps, I hope she gets some more head writer gigs, because she's really good, and I'm very curious as to what she gets up to next. She is very talented. She has a, she's very good at putting together emotional character arcs. Yeah. Uh, even if, like, a large story structure is maybe not her strength. I mean, yeah, we're, we're gonna end up talking about that before too long, but can can we just bring up, like, we, we were gonna get to it later, and we're getting into our bad parts anyway. Where's Samiko? Yeah, um, that's a thing. We're, like, 12 episodes from the end of this show. Where yeah. is he? Yeah, like, like are we... Are we expected to forget him? Because it feels like they did, but they keep, like, bringing him back for an episode and just, like, I, I can tell she doesn't care a lot about the villains so much, or at least not the big cool villains, because she likes our monster villains fair enough. But, I mean, like you said, it's, it's like, maximum 12 episodes. What, what the hey, guys? Yeah, just, where is he? Where is he at? Shouldn't he be, like, Doing a thing? Doing, planning a thing? Doing anything? I mean, I'm glad that he's not, because we're getting stuff like, uh, I think last episode, maybe the episode before, no, it was the episode before, where, look, I know you don't like the, the weird Frankenstein guinea pig monster. I hated looking at it, but it, I, I admit it was a cool idea, and I'm glad Ghosh got to, like, do something big and cool. I just Exactly. I just hated looking at it. No, yeah, that's, like, I, I, you know, try to, yeah, I, I understand. But at, at least where Zamigo should be, we're getting more gauche, and that's that's some stuff she never did with Naria back in Zhuoger. So, you know, that's just something she can work on, but her character arcs are, are rock solid. Yeah, no, that is, that is her, like, greatest strength, which, you know, is a thing we knew, because she wrote the Joe arcs in Gokaiger. Man, I, I keep forgetting that was her, which is dumb, because I should keep that in mind, but, I mean, she did basically have me weeping uh, over uh, Berezorg. Yeah, she wrote all the Sid stuff. Yeah, because that was, that's really good. Again, I, I know I always am probably misquoting it, but just, hey, you can at least save his soul. Like, oh! I know that's not even original to Gokaiger. I know that that's just a thing that exists. 
in in the adventure fiction action violence space but wow what a good way to do it okay well but for the moment let's let's step away from good things and let's see if we have any really bad ones to talk about besides like what the haze amigo um i've really got nothing negative for 35 that was a solid episode yeah i couldn't i didn't notice anything i didn't really like nothing jumped out at me anyway yeah, nothing i felt like complaining about there was really nothing glaring couple things for 36 uh kairi making a joke about umika needing the collection piece that makes people smarter uh was rude yeah rude like i know they've got kind of this bickering siblings dynamic but we haven't really built on that enough for me to believably take this as, like, good-natured teasing. Yeah, because, I mean, not for nothing, I have a sibling. We, like, anytime we said something like that, that's not bickering. That was being mean. That was, hey, what's up? I want to hurt your feelings. Because, honestly, calling someone stupid like that, that's that's real hard to be, like, haha jokey about. Like it's it just it didn't feel like banter. It was just rude. No, yeah. Um also I super got my back up at the idea of a thing that just denies you your emotions. Yeah, dude. Just that like was... you're not allowed to feel this healthy emotion that helps you work through things. And and okay. Like first off, I agree. And second, Sakuya like lying so he could put it on Keichiro. Bad look, dude. Like that's not that's not cool. Because it's not even, like, a thing where we can say, oh, he entered into it with the purest of intentions. Because what, what was his intention? It was not, hey, I'm going to help my friend be calm because I believe that will make him happy. I think when he is angry, he is in pain. No, it's, I don't want to get yelled at anymore. He, he's using the necklace to keep himself from getting yelled at. And I'm not going to pretend I don't get it. I do. People yelling at you especially when they have a right to, sucks, because what are you going to say back? Like, it just, it sucks. But at the same time, like, the thing he did wrong wasn't like, I don't know what you get yelled at for. It has been a long time since I got yelled at, because I'm an adult, and it's great. But he did shoot someone and then spill water that was until recently boiling hot on a dude. Uh you know what, you gotta, you gotta kind of suck it up and deal with getting yelled at in that. Yeah, I'm and, sorry. Like, the thing is, it's not even that he just put one on Keichiro because Keichiro yells a lot. Like, he tried to give one to Tsukasa, too. Yeah, yeah. Like, dude, that's not... That's... It's... Like, look, even if he's trying to avoid getting yelled at for this curse he's on, it just forcibly manipulating the emotions of others for your own comfort is uh, what we here in the business like to call bad, actually. It's, there's no cool thing to do. Like, if we were still in a mood to do Sakuya Watch, like, that there, right yeah. there. But, like, he hasn't been present enough to warrant it, which um, That's is fine. good. Yeah. Speaking of things that are good and fine, let's talk about the things we enjoyed in, the, in these episodes, because there's a lot more in these episodes that's good yeah no we enjoyed these part of me found it very cathartic when all of the negative versions of people were just like to heck with the cops though because that's a mildly relatable feel yeah no that's look it's legit and i sort of feel like that points to it not just splitting off like positive and negative are not good and evil it's lawful good and chaotic evil which 
is is a very important distinction because I didn't see anyone like playing a lot of mind games. They're just like, no, nah, the the negative side is just is just running amok. Uh, especially, which is especially fun because Kaguri's idea of running amok is just being this massive nerd on a bike. Just like, ah! Trying to fight people, it's great. I'd also love more interactions between Noelle and Toma, because even just yeah. the small bit of, like, Noelle saying Kairi ditched work, and then Toma busting on him for also just sitting around, and Noelle responding to that with just this gesture of, eh, fair enough. Like, that was, they have such good timing together. They do. And, and just such good chemistry. And it just, it makes you feel like you know them, which is so impressive. Like you said, for just this little, like, eh, fair enough sort of moment, it says so much. And I think if I may get very fanficy for a sec, it just, it just makes me feel like Noelle's really accepted that Toma is basically the straightest dude in all of Sentai, which, like, is novel for me, because he's the first character in Sentai in quite some time who I've been like, yes, I think that guy is straight. I don't know if, I, if I'd if i consider him straight, but it's definitely just this thing where no one has a chance with him. He's already got Aya. Fair enough. Fair enough. I mean, like, if it's straight, or it's super monogamous, which, look, not for nothing, he is under... he is risking life and limb, and imprisonment to go and, like, murder the heck out of these monsters and get hit, and get all the stuff so he can bring her back to life, so that's, that is a strong love. Like, I, feel, I feel like, at, at minimum, it's that Noelle's accepted that he just doesn't have a shot. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, whatever, whatever reason we say, it's just like, okay, this ain't happening, which I'm not even sure he wants, but he sure does enjoy flirting. I feel like that's but even if it's not flirting, at least he likes being clever and flippant, which, you know, fine. That's what he does, and Toma respects that. And also Toma's just like, no, nah, I'm down to earth. And together they can just roll with that dynamic and be like, if not friends, per se, they can at least be friendly in a manner that is personal and personable and respectable, which I think honestly is what what's best for Toma. I love, I still love that episode of him and Noel on the boat. Yeah. Just like, no, I think you're a jerk and I hate you, but you're good at fixing things. Get to work. I'm going to go win this. I'm going to go ace this cooking competition because this beef monster microwaves a good steak. Microwaves. I'm still not over it. It's been, it's been probably like a month, maybe two. I'm still not over it. You microwaved a big old slab of beef. What is wrong with you? It's so gross. Again, even even going into like, well, these aren't like conventional microwaves, and it's blah 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 blah. But no, you microwaved it. No, that he literally did what a microwave does. Yep. I just, I'm still, I'm still so mad that Toma just didn't like, look at him while he was explaining it. Look at the two other dudes and just, like, he just sticks his stuff in the microwave. He's not even a cook! I already won! And then everything would just go as normal. But with him having said, he's not even, he's not even a cook. I'm a chef. He's not a cook. There's a difference. And if you can't see that, he has been feeding you some nonsense. Anyway, let's, let's get back to 35, because I could just, I could go on that rant forever. Because I'm a man who respects professionalism and people taking their craft seriously. 
I'm just a person that respects food. Well, that too. all that, but also just you know food. Don't don't just stick a giant slab of beef in the microwave. That, that's disgusting. Yeah, it did not look appetizing. Like even if it was just like he set stuff on, he could control heat and fire, and he was like pseudo grilling it. Like yeah. fine. Yeah, well, at least at that point, there's some skill involved. Like he's like, okay, how do you, hey guys, how do you like your beef? Because guess what, you can't do a rare steak from a microwave. It's just, it's, so it's not a thing that can happen. It's so like gross. To get that stuff done, like you have to know how the, you have to get a feel for how this kind of cut of meat cooks and what it looks like, and you can't have it on too high, you can't have it on too low. Ba-ba-ba-ba-ba. It's so gross. Yep. Anyway. It really is. We're, we're actually going to get back to it this time. Yes. This episode really did a lot to relieve my worries about Kogure turning out to be some kind of villain. And look, while I'm with you, I do want to throw out... I'm still keeping an eye on Noel. Fair enough. I think... it w- Come on. It Wouldn't it be great if he turned out to be the, the end boss? I mean, it would be pretty interesting if he turned out to be Zamigo. But I'd also be really sad because I do love Noel. Yeah, I mean, it'd be it'd be a bummer, but it'd also be kind of cool. But like, good Kogure has a lot of guilt over making these kids risk themselves and do all the heavy lifting, and bad Kogure is at worst like a reckless punk from the sixties. <laughs> yep. And you know, the Kogure at his core. Is just he's he's just willing to put himself at risk to help these kids get their job done. And yeah, he's kind of shady, and maybe he's got some ulterior motives. He obviously has any amount because you know he's doing this for the Lupin Estate. And I feel like honestly, being a little bit shady is what comes from being part of the Lupin Estate. It does seem how he rolls, yeah. But, you know, seeing the risks that he took this episode and how upset he was at the idea of having to watch these kids get hurt in battle, like, it at least puts me at ease that on some level he's got their best interests at heart. I'm in I'm in very much the same place, because, I mean, he's a great dude, and I love him. I mean, I already liked him, but now, yeah, I, I do, because I like seeing this bit where he's having the talk with himself about the burden he's put on these kids and how bad he feels, which makes sense because that's how you should feel. <laughs> that's that is correct. But also, like, it's the best way to get the thing he's after. So, like, even if he can't technically prioritize them, like he he's tries out to. For him. He does. He's, he's he puts their needs first, even if he's not technically allowed to. Yeah, I mean, there was still that time he dressed, he appeared as their mom, quote unquote. I still think that was cute. It was cute, but also. A little weird. No, yeah, legit. Al- but, also, like, this is this is less thematically interesting, but I, I just do want to throw out that I love the way they fix the divided self. It's just, just shove them, smush them together real hard. Push them back together. Just, yep, just get some leverage, just back them against a wall, and just, just shove. I just think that's, I don't know why that's so hilarious to me, but it really is. Okay, actually I do. Because it's just, what is the, like, the least thoughtful solution to this kind of problem? Because this is, here is this very, like, existential, kind of heady thing. Like, oh, well, what do you do when you 
meet your best and worst self, blah, 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 blah. And they're just like, nope, not dealing with it. Shove them back together. Just to smush, them, smush all the Play-Doh into one container. Yep, brute force. But what about being clever? Nah, just shove. <laughs> That's It's real nice. Also, it was really cool to see Kogure use his very good disguise skills to, like, be helping the team... And the little bit of the gangler trying to split him and it not working was like a neat little clue in as to that's where we were going. And then just kind of the offhanded comment of this is just what he does all the time. He'll always, he's just going out dressing up as who knows what to get the information he needs to give to these kids. And that also kind of helps lean into that sense of relief that he is on their side, and that he's trying his best to prioritize them. I I really do hope that after... Because this this feels like they're putting him in more and more, which I am a-okay with. I I really keep hoping that it it figures into the ending somehow, whatever that is. I just... I like Gure. He's alright. Also, the joke of the Lupins kind of doing their roll call and then announcing their colors... And that then they're going to take back this treasure. And the gangler responding with, Well, I'm purple, and I don't care! Like, that's the best joke in this show. I, yeah, yeah. Which, and honestly, it's such an obvious response, I am kind of surprised we haven't seen that happen. Or, or maybe it's been in some other Sentai series, I but I've like never, I've never, never seen, seen that response. Like, yeah. that's an incredible joke. Yeah, it is, and it is the sickest one. Just, oh yeah, that's whatever. Alright. Good for you, I guess. I I really, it's so good. Also, okay, because apparently I've got just what's up with our, our various characters on my mind. Kaguri's little comment about how he's always admired Roughnecks. So it was a cute moment, it's a good thing. It's like, oh, he's a nerd. Also, I'm not saying he has a type, but he totally has a type. I mean, look, he works for Lupin. That's, yeah, exactly. I mean, like, I realize they probably mean it to be more that he works at the Lupin estate, and he has for most of his life, and which kind of makes him an extra thiefy version of Stevens from Remains of the Day, but that's really kind of depressing. And henceforth, much more fun to think he just really digs on biker dudes. Which, like, not for nothing, legit. Like, some of those old Yakuza movies... I get it. Yeah. Um, but to move on to something perhaps a little less revealing, I'm just kind of surprised to see that the the Lupin Magnum's robot form is an autonomous robot. It's it's been a bit since we had one of those types. You know, uh, you know the the fill in the blank boy robots like Liner Boy in Gogo Five or Zuban in Bokenger, which um, like I just I dig it. I like it a lot. It's great. It, it has been a hot minute since we've had something similar to Zuban. Like, honestly, he's kind of the last one that I can think of. Same. Um, I mean, I guess it depends I mean, on how you want to count things, because there's Gosei Knight, who's sort of like that, but also he's yeah, he the sixth. Uh, yeah, exactly. He's like the sixth, and he doesn't turn into, like, he's not a giant robot. yeah. And He's I mean, just there's, a robot. there's the buddy roids, but like all of them talk is the thing. Yeah, well, like, well I guess, I guess there was data. I guess there was data in Ghost Sager. 
Uh, like, he didn't turn into a giant. He was essentially more like Jim. Yeah. Because, um, I mean, I, I could see the buddy roids being the closest, but since they're the only robots, it's not special then, so. Yeah, like, it's not... There's there's something very different between, like, the buddy roids and the role that, like, Zuban fills and that Lupin Magnum fills. Yeah, it's it's like, they are their own thing. They're, they're so different from the rest of the mecha, which I just, I like it. It, it makes the universe bigger and wider and weirder. Yeah. Like, I do wish that he got to, like, also be, like, a person-sized dude and kind of hang out and run around, like, making noises. Um, I def I want him oh, to just yeah. be Zuban. Like, he can't talk, he just makes noises. Um, and, you know, Goody has to translate for him. I Look, I'm here for it. And, like, he can cause... just walk around, like, he'll just, like, grab Goody and hug him. He loves Goody. They were yeah. they were Lupin's favorites. Give give him this weird. I mean, honestly, tell me you wouldn't love to see an episode where suddenly we're a western and like at the end of it, it's like the the showdown with uh, Cerebros's uh, twin brother, and it's just it's just this this weird gun toting dog monster versus the gun that got away. Oh. They have to have a showdown at high noon. That would be so good. But, you know, you can't do that because he's not people-sized. Yeah. Or at least we haven't seen him be people-sized yet. I mean, maybe he will, know. and all of my dreams will come true. But we'll see. We'll see what happens. Yeah, I just, I just want him to have a personality. But also I understand that that's introducing another character. And goodness knows we don't have room for a guy who seems like he was meant to be the main villain. So, but uh, And now, just to, to touch on another popular fandom, I also appreciate that... Uh, the Lupin Magnum robot just looks like Rodimus from IDW's Transformers series if he was Megatron. He's got that same, like, red and yellow color scheme, and he's a gun, and it's it's cute. It's, it's a statement parsable only through pop cultural knowledge. If you don't know what Transformers are, or who any of the characters in it are, that statement was probably just about impenetrable. I had just I enough knowledge to get it. Yeah, exactly. Like it's it's like, uh huh. I every now and again I just I hear the words that are coming out of my mouth, and I'm like, oh right, I sound like a crazy person. Every now and again I'll be like, I'll be just complaining about a TV show by comparing it to another TV show, and I'm like, oh right, if you don't populate exactly this kind of fan space like I do, this this sounds like I'm just I'm just typing words, just. Random strings of letters. Anyway, let's let's move on to uh, episode thirty-six. Shoot the bomb. Just still. I'm sorry. Just don't shoot the bomb. Don't do it. Frankly, I'm kind of surprised this is a Kaneko Kauri episode because it right? was one. It was incredibly sweet, and it highlighted the sides of Sakuya and Keichiro that, while there are sides of them that we have wanted emphasized have up to now seemed pretty foreign to Kaneko's interpretations of the two of them. Yeah, and with luck, uh, Kaneko is is learning and getting some feedback from the rest of the crew, or, or something. Either way, Kaneko's got potential, and I'm glad to see them kind of living up to it. And it's just, we put so much focus in this episode on Sakuya wanting to do right by his team, and how he needs emphasis on put on what he does right he works really well on positive feedback and you know Keitro trying to be the best officer he can even if he gets too caught up in things and 
you know, he just kind of wants to learn to tone it down a bit. And it's such an interesting episode that I wish it was ten episodes ago so we had a bunch of time to really grow them out of this. Yeah, same, same. Because this is all leading really hard on parts of everyone's personalities that are there, but we're always kind of sidelined in favor of, in Sakuya's case, just his wacky stuff, as opposed to how, yeah, he's the newbie, he's got a lot to prove, and that kind of pressure is not good for him. Because that's, that's actually really good, that's interesting, that's a character. That's a character! Sorry, didn't mean to go all, like, like, I don't know, felt weird really bad for Sakuya that he got hit with this attack that makes him really clumsy and unable to perform the one thing about his job that not only is he really good at, but that the rest of his team isn't good at. And just how heartbroken he was to get yelled at for messing up at that one thing that he's confident about. Like, he knows he's a good shot, and he knows he's a good- he's good at, like, hitting something from a distance. Yeah. And then he screwed it up, not by- not by his own fault, and, you know, his whole team ripped into him, and he felt really bad, and I sympathized. And getting me to sympathize with Sakuya, like, within the cold <laughs> open of an episode? That's impressive! You ain't kidding, dude. I mean, like, the damage he's done to his character hasn't been undone, but I've definitely softened to him since the show has forgotten about him just wanting a girlfriend, and especially wanting it to be Umika. Yeah. I mean, look, like, they if they can keep this up, and while nothing will get rid of the stain that is his characterization up until this point, I, I do think it might, at least for me, get me halfway exi- halfway to being happy that he exists it's just it's so hard to believe that this and the movie episode were written by Ugh. the same person yeah that it really seems is impossible to me I'm, I'm really hoping that it's just it's like in not even intern like an apprenticeship thing and it's just like hey let's like and just just kimura just pulling them aside and just like okay you need to work on this and this and think about this. And also along the way, like, having an episode, like the episode of, of like, a Sentai, where he just, he meets Naruhisa, where they meet Naruhisa Arakawa. I don't know their gender. And uh, like, Kimura Ara- Junko, I'm positive, is a woman. Well, I mean, Kimura, yes, uh, but uh, I don't know. Uh, Kaneko Kauri's. Yeah, I'm not sure, because uh, Kauri, I think, can go either way. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's what I thought, too. But anyway, just, I like to think of, of like, Kimura and, and Arakawa just kind of being, like, mom and dad, and just, like, helping them, helping them learn, giving them that positive feedback, because maybe they also don't work very well when they get yelled at, which I hope they did after the, uh, after the movie episode. Yes. Also, Jim is adorable. I yes. love how like committed he is to being like I'm I can find any information. I'm the I'm so good at being the information robot. Like he just wants to help and he's adorable. Yeah, he really is and I appreciate that in the show we definitely see that no one is better than Jim Carter at paperwork or research. Which, 
is like it makes sense that they'd offload that onto the adorable robot because it's an adventure show with two casts. They don't have time for a research montage. So just like Jim will fix it, which actually, like, as I say that, I remember that's actually not. Anyway, forget I said Jim will fix it. That's that's not okay. Anyway, um, here's a stupid thing that probably sounds mean or like I'm laughing at people, but I swear I am not. I am I am unironically charmed by this. The necklace was just being called the Carm necklace. I love it. I know that, like, look, it's clearly a slight mistransliteration, what with the R and L being functionally the same in Japanese, but it also makes the word look like a slightly misspelled charm as well, which creates a kind of fun impression that it's on purpose, and that it's a gangler making a next-level neologism, because it's a charm necklace that keeps you calm. A calm charm necklace. A calm necklace. I mean, if if you would ask me to make a similarly amazing bit of wordplay in Japanese, it would not work out well for me, so please understand again, this is not me laughing at anyone, this is not LOL English, this is, this is a sincere appreciation. Because that's actually really amazing. That is very good. Because, like, I couldn't, I went back and forth while I'm watching every time I saw one of the signs, and I'm like, okay, is it charm and they lost the H? Oh no, it's calm. But it just, it's so clever, because once I saw, once I thought it was charm and then it's calm, it's its just good. I'm sorry. I just, I came up in the generation of internet people who would say, who would say nonsense stuff like, oh, Japan, about all sorts of just, dumb things yeah. and i just worry about sounding like i'm still that dude because i can't really like suffocate that dude with a pillow because that dude is me you know what i mean yeah anyway let's move on because that's gonna get into a second really dark place and i don't feel like doing that uh speaking of the necklace sukasa just trying to bruce brute force it off of keitro was hysterical like i understand her desperation but she's like Oh no, it's on Keichiro. We gotta get this off of him immediately. Yeah, dude. Yeah. Because the amount of chill that dude does not have, he could just set the bomb off himself. It, it might not, you like, know, take like, a little longer. There's a reason it was at 80 when they got there. Yep. Honestly. they The, the gangler could have just put the necklace on him and then just, like, hung out next to him and just been like, Hey, man. You know how those Lupin Rangers, like, exist? And boom, like, the bomb is ready to go. Or, honestly, maybe not even the Lupins. Just go up next to him and just whisper the word, crime, and see if he doesn't lose his sugar. Because you know he would. Yeah, like, look, if there wasn't a threat of a bomb, I'd just do that for fun. Yeah, dude, just every now and again, when you're bored, when you want to see him flip out, just, hey man, crime sure does suck, doesn't it? And then there's just an... Uh, like a half hour rant about how much he hates crime. And it was, it, was, it was also pretty cool that he didn't get mad at Tsukasa for it, though. Like, I'm not sure if it was because he was already trying to stay focused on staying calm, or if he knows that Tsukasa will snap him in half if he tries, or just that he knows Tsukasa well enough to know that, like, she wasn't trying to actually, like, choke him with that. She just knew 
it needed to come off. I mean, I, I sort of leaned on that on that last one, but with with like a little Susan of he knows she will stuff him into one of those gangler safes like the nerd he is if he steps to her because she will just like bolt him up, shove him in, close the door. Oh yeah, and seeing him like meditate was actually really yeah. nice, and it he didn't seem to be struggling with it at all. He was pretty easily able to go in and out of it. Uh, like, after uh, Sakia spills the tea on him, he's like, nope, nope, can't get angry, gonna sit down and go back to this. Which makes me think that he's kind of been at meditating for a while now, and Which has is... maybe been trying to get himself under control for a little bit. I would think so. I mean, it can't have escaped his notice that that dude has an anger management problem. I, I feel like a guy who actually is as smart as he is would definitely have picked up on it, which honestly just makes me mad because I hate sometimes how much I really love Keiichiro. I just, I really resent this show for doing such a good job of having me on the side of the cops in a cops versus robbers setup. It's just, it's not good. It's, it's, well, I mean, it is very good. It, course it is i want to like the characters but it just it tells you a ton about the character and i love it and i can't believe kanako kaori is the one who gave me that kind of insight into his character and how he's trying not to be aggro all the time yeah especially he, he since is, but... uh kanako kaori is the one that made him way more aggro than he had been previously yeah that's true yeah all grabbing goody out of the air and like just yeah screaming about everything. I, I much prefer this version of, of Keichiro. Still not quite up to up to the Arakawa episode Keichiro, but um well, no one writes Yeah. No one writes good hearted cops like like uh Narhisa Arakawa. And also just, you know, seeing Sakia earnestly express how much he wants to help the team and do good and having Keichiro like notice that and react and respond positively and then go so far as to openly put faith in Sakuya to make that shot like that was really nice it really was because like Keitro's job and what it means to him like what he believes someone in his position should be like that's a big deal for him and it's nice to see him put forth the effort to support a teammate who he now sees feels the same way and sees their position as just as important and you know having this episode <coughs> having this episode take Sakuya seriously and allow him to be good at things and have actual emotional needs that he wants fulfilled as a human being he felt whole for probably the first time that he ever has in this show yeah yeah, agreed. It's it's really nice. I actually like liking Sakuya instead of just wanting to dunk on him for like 30 minutes at a time. I just, I really hope that this doesn't end up being like a Catra situation from Zhuoger, where like, bam, you get this character, and you kind of like them. Like, again, I hated Leo. Leo honestly has a lot in common with Sakuya, now that I look at it. Yeah, it's a lot of the same problems. Yeah. Um, I feel like we've discussed that. Yeah, I How, think we have. you know, uh, Komura's grown from so many things, but Leo is still here. Yeah, can't, can't quite get rid of him. Like, the Leo Much problem as... is still here, and Zamigo is bard, but a bad guy this time. Yeah, with another, like, 
actor you really like, or at least that I really like. Actually, I didn't really like uh, the guy who played Kusaka before, because as I've discussed before, I've never really watched a lot of Fies. But still, it's there's still a lot of Zhuoji with us, but I just, I still remember when it's like, oh man, Leo actually kind of suffers under the weight of all this toxic masculinity, and it's because he's trying to outdo his brothers. Aw, good good on you, dude. Well, you keep growing and realize that. If they're cool, your family will just love you anyway, and you don't have to be better than anyone. I just, anyway, I just, then the next episode, that was all gone, and I just don't want that to happen here, because... Yeah, I mean, look, it's, it's the Luca problem. Yeah, that's fair. That is, that's a phenomena that I can attribute mostly to Luca, and I guess is just okay, because people still liked Luca. Yeah, I, I imagine some people who liked... There's probably people who liked Sakuya the whole time, and I'm very happy for them, because, boy, there was a lot of Sakuya being that way. Oh, boy. Uh, back, to, back to good things. Yes, yes, good things, yes. Let's I, do those. I really love Sukasa's interaction with the Lupin Rangers in this episode. Yeah. Like, she's still... She's quick on her feet, and she can plan on the fly, but she's not good at articulating what she needs to say in a high-pressure situation. It's easier for her to just do it and then explain later. And it's just, again, I'm so surprised at how nuanced the Pot Rangers are in this episode after Kaneko has been so questionable about presenting them in their other episodes. I think I think questionable is a good word for it, yeah. But uh, I especially appreciate it because it feels like it's it's building on... Tsukasa having been one of the first of the Pat Rangers to actually mean, okay, reach out might be a bit much, but she's she's been the one on their side the most. And yeah. I, I kind of like that, that that continues to be what she's about. Yeah, and I mean, like, even though she's running in and being a little bit aggro towards them, they hear her mention the word bomb, and they're like, hmm, that's probably bad, and we've seen that we can trust her. So let's just kind of roll with it, and we'll figure it out as we go. Yeah, I. it was really nice. Especially seeing just the bit where they're like, wait, wait, she's protecting the gangler? What's going on here? I'm confused. Yeah, you know, that, that bit of Kyrie stepping in in front of her being like, hey, I don't know what this deal is, but a bomb sounds dangerous, so let, let's, we'll, we'll handle it. Yep. Also, when after the, the bomb is disabled and everyone's relieved and you've got Noel and Jim cheering and then Goody pops out because he wants to be part of the high fives and the excitement. Like, I'm pretty sure he had no idea what was going on, but there were good vibes and he wanted in. Absolutely. Well, I mean, hey, all, all this and he didn't have to fight nobody because Magnum took care of it. Well, he did go in uh, when, That's when true. Gauss yeah, he made was, him bigger. He was he Pat did, Kaiser. Uh, he did step in for a minute, but he got to just kind of hang out for a little while. Yeah. I confess, like, I'm actually surprised it took them this long to introduce the second torso robot. I I did not see it taking this long. I'm very yeah, no, I'm pleasantly surprised. Yeah, no, this does have a, a bit of an odd structure as to how it uses its robots. Because we've but, gotten we've gotten the big combined two-team form, and we have used it twice. Which is good, because... It's a terrible form. It's just, it, it is. is so bad. It is, it is not good to look at, but uh, it's, you know, usually once we get to that point, that's all we're going to use. Yep. Which, I mean, makes sense, because she's got a hammer. But also, yeah. I yeah, I like that they've, they've 
section that one off, and also that we just get to see Goody being extra excited. What a just what a good good boy he is. Uh, I think that's that's all we've got for yeah, those two. Basically, I think we're just uh, down to look taking a look at the Lupin Collection. Okay, for episode thirty-five, it was uh, the Doron Changer from Kaku Ranger, which is their transformation device. A lot of them seem to just be the transformation device these days. I mean... Because uh, 36 they, they... is also one. Yeah. It's an easy and... thing to fall back on, I guess. Especially well, if you're going with some of the older series that didn't have, like, 50 gimmicks going on. Uh, now, the, the Doron Changer from Kaku Ranger, which is just a fun thing to say, uh, is Le Grand Fosse. I don't speak French. I don't know why I keep writing this stuff down in French. Uh, but it, that translates to the Great Divide, which is, of course, aptly named for what it ends up doing. Uh, and it takes its name from potentially a lot of songs, almost none of which were to my taste. I, it mostly just reminded me of a line from the start of uh, Sarah McLachlan's Possession, if you're a real 90s kid. But bringing that in too much feels like breaking the rules. Uh, Ranger Wiki says the name comes from a song called The Great Divide from former Creed frontman Scott Stapp, speaking of 90s kids, and I'm just, I'm really sorry for reminding y'all that Creed was a thing, because if I could forget, I would. Um, I'm sorry if, you, if anyone listening is a Creed fan, except, no, I'm not, really, I'm sorry. I should be. It's a terrible thing to say. Uh, episode 36 was also uh, a transformation device that... I don't think they even really changed the colors of that much. I don't think they up. did, no. Um, it's the Digitizer from Mega Ranger. I guess they're and always just, running out of paint. It sure just was right there. Yeah. Uh, and the, the piece is called uh, The Wise Man, or something else in French. Uh, the name seemed most credibly derived from a song of the same name, The Wise Man, by Uriah Heep, uh, which is a name I'd always heard, because, I mean... Say it, Uriah Heep. That's a cool name. Um, but I, I only just listened to the song just a little while ago, and look, I feel kind of robbed that I'd never really gone out and listened to him. There's some good music there. So that's it for the loop and collection. Did we have any last-minute thoughts, or do you think we're done on this one? Yeah, no, it's just these were a real neat couple of episodes. I really enjoyed 36 a lot more than I feel like I should. Yes, yeah, I am. All things considered. Dude stopped perving on people, and that's that's great. That's what really matters. We were discussing before we started recording about the, the nature of, of uh, forgiveness, or at least of remembering. And, you know, we're never going to forgive the character, because, I mean, he's not really real. But I don't, think, I don't think I'll ever quite like the character. But boy, I, I can at least get to not hating him if they keep doing this. Yeah. And I, I feel like get that's to a light, step honestly. in the right direction. Like, honestly, if they keep up with this and continue leaning really heavily into, like, him just really wanting some positive attention, I could, get, I could come to like him. I could yeah. get to like him. Well, here's hoping I... that's what happens. But until then, for Laser Knees and the rest of the Toll Network, I'm Aleph. And I'm Sona.